you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. With the last episode being on necromancy, a form of divination, it inspired me to do an episode on exactly that, divination. Alright, so what is divination? Well, it is the ability, art, and or practice to obtain knowledge from the past, present, or future by supernatural means. And as we learned last week, necromancy is a huge part of divination because we communicate with the dead to obtain such information. And one of the most common ways people can communicate with them is through the use of a Ouija board. Unfortunately, Ouija boards still have those negative connotations to them. And this is all due to the misuse and handle of people who probably didn't know what they were doing and were very irresponsible with them. When in fact, Ouija boards are simply a tool that we can use to communicate with the other side, to communicate with other dimensions, and with our higher self, even. It's not so different than using a pendulum, for example, which happens to be one of the easiest forms of divination. It's one of the easiest forms because the questions that are being asked are simple yes or no questions. And this type of divination usually consists of a pendulum, although that can get kind of pricey depending on the pendulum that you're wanting to purchase. But if you're wanting to make one yourself, most people use either a crystal or a stone, usually an object that has some weight to it. And what you got to do first is program it. So sit with it for a couple of minutes, hold it in your hands so that it has your energy. You can meditate with it for a few minutes. And when you're ready, you can either hold it over your hand or over a paper and ask spirit to show you what a yes, no, and a maybe looks like. So for example, if you ask spirit what a yes looks like, you might get that swaying back and forth movement or that swaying from side to side movement that would indicate a yes. Perhaps a yes sign would be that swaying back and forth and a no sign would be if it circles around and a maybe or an I don't know answer your pendulum might come to a hard stop or stillness. And once you've programmed your pendulum, you can try testing it out. Start out with easy questions, perhaps ones that you already know the answers to, and see what kind of results you get. The main thing is to be patient with it, to build a relationship with it, and that you're in the present, that you are relaxed and calm, 
and that you have a clear mind to do so. One other very popular and well-known form of divination is cartomancy. This involves the use of tarot cards. Tarot cards actually started out as your typical regular playing cards. It wasn't until much later that tarot cards were used as a form of divination. Tarot card readers usually will never make the claim that they can predict your future because the cards only serve as more of a of a guidance. Because it's based off of energy, the cards will read that energy and can tell you that if you continue your pattern, this is what your outcome might look like. But you have to remember, you still have free will. And the choices that you make on a daily basis can change and affect that outcome. A great tarot card reader will be able to interpret the cards using their background knowledge of the occult, the esoteric, and as well as their own intuition. If you can find a tarot card reader that can combine all of these elements, then you'll have a more accurate reading. If you've ever been to a wedding, then most likely you've either already partook or witnessed a form of divination. When a bride throws her bouquet to a large crowd of predominantly women, what do you think is happening? What do you think they are doing? They are engaging in a form of divination because they are using that bouquet to divine who will be the next to get married. Nowadays, it's overlooked and is pretty much seen as just part of tradition. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that indeed it is a form of divination. Many times, we look to the stars to divine the future. We look at our horoscope to see what the future holds and awaits for us. We look at the celestial bodies to see what they'll be doing in order to attempt to gain insight on what might happen down here. And this form is called astromancy. And sometimes people might get dreams or might get visions of the future. But all too often, these visions are short and distorted. They will usually have an idea of what is coming, but for the most part, never enough information to prevent whatever it is from happening. Scrying is also another popular and another very simple way of divination. And it consists of looking into a reflective surface, such as water, or a black mirror, or a crystal ball. There's also tassiomancy, the art of reading tea leaves. A person would be served unstrained tea, and when they were done, the leftover pieces 
would form a pattern, and then that would be interpreted. The diviner would usually look for a symbol, and that symbol would be associated to a certain meaning. And this can also be done with coffee grounds. Bibliomancy is a fun one that I'm sure most of us have done at some point or another. It's usually done with a Bible, but it can be done with any book. Just pick up a book, open it up to a random page, point to it without looking, and once you've done that, look down and read that passage. Whatever passage you get is supposed to be the message that was meant for you. And there are tons of forms of divination, such as osteomancy, which is the reading of decaying bones, or numerology, which interprets numbers and dates, as well as the value and significance of letters. Divination can be found all over the world and in many cultures. And there are also numerous deities that are associated with magic and sorcery, such as the Aztec god Tezcatlipoca, which is Nahuatl for smoking mirror. He is Quetzalcoatl's brother, god of the night sky, and is often represented as an evil power associated with death and the cold. There is also the Egyptian goddess of magic, Isis, who is said to have gained her magical knowledge by tricking Ra into telling her his many names. And of course, there's also the Greek goddess Hecate, or Hecate, and she is known to be goddess of magic, witchcraft, the night, the moon, ghost, necromancy, and the crossroads. She represents the maiden, mother, and crone, has access to the past, present, and future, and has dominion over heaven, earth, and the underworld. She is often depicted as a three-faced goddess, holding torches with snakes entwined into her and with black dogs by her side, which is why many practitioners of magic will call to her for guidance and assistance. While we're on the subject of Greek mythology, oracles and seers were often sought out for and visited to divine the future. Seers were more common to find, as they can only provide you with yes or no answers. Oracles, however, were specifically reserved for heroes or people of greater stature. Oracles were more rare, and they would be able to provide you with a lot more detail than a simple yes or no answer. Do you believe in a method of divination? Let me know what you think. You can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com or you can friend me on Instagram and we can chat through there. Or if you have any questions or if there's any feedback or if you simply have anything that you feel like sharing, you can go ahead and reach me there. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.